Hey everyone, welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Julia Beauchamp, and I am here with Computer World Senior Reporter Lucas Marion, as well as Computer World Executive Editor Ken Mingus. We are live on Computer World's LinkedIn page, as well as on YouTube on our IDG Tech Talk YouTube channel. So if you have any questions or comments while we are discussing, please do leave them in the comments or section or the live chat if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and I suspect we'll probably get a few just because this is a really hot topic. So the hot topic in question, Microsoft announced plans um, earlier this week to buy Activision Blizzard, you know, video game giant for $68.7 billion. Obviously, that deal is going to be subject to regulatory approval. But um, I mean, if it if it goes through, it's going to be an absolutely huge deal. So figured we should talk about it. So Lucas, you wrote a great article on Computer World, and I will link that to anyone watching um, so you can read more. But can you give us a little bit of background on the deal? Yeah, so this deal dwarfs virtually any other one in the gaming industry, and it even dwarfs uh, just the marketplace deals like uh, Dell buying EMC, which in back 2015 was like $65 billion. So it even edges that one out. So it's an enormous deal. And it's, it follows along because Microsoft has been building out its, uh, its, its gaming stock um, in, in recent years, and it's been exploring more and more of the gaming universe. Um, they already have really popular games like Minecraft and, and Doom. And with this acquisition, they're going to get a cadre of really popular games like Call of Duty and uh, World of Warcraft and Candy Crush. And all of those are already available on the Xbox console. But now they get the developers along with that. Uh, and they get to uh, a, a relatively large leap, according to, to some experts out there who are watching this, into the metaverse, which is kind of this mashup. Which of, none of us is really convinced yet that that's actually what's going on here, but that's yeah. their story and they seem to be sticking to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is kind of very, very cool when you think about it. Um, but yeah, and there are also, there's also some controversy in here as well that we can talk about. But it's an, a, a tremendous deal. And uh, and some people are a little concerned, too, that there's a little too much consolidation going on in the gaming industry. Uh, so they're, they're concerned about the effect that might have on future development. Yeah, you know, if I just I just want to jump in real quick about the whole metaverse thing, because this, I mean, this did come as a bit of a surprise, because as you may or may not know, Activision Blizzard has had some issues, shall we say, lately, yeah. um, some investigations around uh, I think sexual harassment, uh, unfair pay for female employees, you know, the, the quintessential toxic work environment, which raises questions about, you know, how Microsoft is possibly going to integrate these two cultures. So that's for Microsoft to figure out. But in terms of the whole, you know, uh, metaverse thing, obviously that's the hot buzzword. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, these days and everything's heading for the metaverse, even though no one can really tell you exactly what the metaverse is what it's supposed to do and why we should care. I do wonder though, Lucas, you made the, the point that uh, even though you don't necessarily think of, of metaverse, virtual reality, augmented reality, whatever's coming uh, and, and gaming platforms, you know, it, 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 I, I wonder if they're buying the company for the developers and for the, you know, the IP that they might be able to then build out beyond gaming. I mean, clearly, you know, they're, they're buying it in an effort to, 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 to bolster Microsoft's um, market market play, I guess, in, right. in gaming. But well, I gaming. Wonder, what's that? Go ahead. I was just going to say, I just wonder if if it's if it's more about the developers at this point, because I think you might have had this in your story. Didn't hasn't Microsoft lost some developers of late in this kind of in this general area? 
Yeah, they have. Uh, their their uh, primary competition, which is uh, Meta Platform, is formerly known as Facebook. Uh, they've lost, uh, I think, about 100 employees and a number of them, a good, I think a majority of them actually went over to, to Meta. So there's some, uh, some very steep competition for them right now. Yeah, and those were, those were employees. And this is where you see some overlap. Uh, the, you know, the, the employees that Microsoft lost, a lot of them were working on HoloLens. And if you're thinking of, you know, of the metaverse and virtual reality, I mean, that's where those two things intersect. Um, you know, but again, it, there were a lot of differing takes on the deal after it was announced this week with some saying, oh, yes, this makes perfect sense for Microsoft to really push into gaming. You had others who said, I don't believe it was the uh, IDC analyst who said, I don't I don't see this as a metaverse yeah, play sure. at all. You know, Activision Blizzard is not a leader in that area. And I, I think that's true. You know, it's like it's, well, it's not. But that said, the metaverse is when you talk about it, it's sort of like talking about the internet back two or three, four decades ago, back in the, in the 70s even, we weren't sure what it was going to be yet, but we knew that it had the potential to be enormous, yeah. uh, depending on how it played out. I mean, gaming is uh, a $257 billion market globally, and that's up from like $151 billion in 2019. So it's growing in leaps and bounds. But then you add into that, uh, virtual and augmented reality, you connect that to the internet. Um, I wrote down some ideas that are out there. Neither terms are very specific, but you can take metaverse and cyberspace and they're virtually identical uh, most of the time when you use them, they're interchangeable. But then neither term is talking about a specific technology. Instead, it's about an idea. And that idea right. is that consumers, developers, uh, and others can use the internet and virtual or augmented reality to perform tasks for entertainment, like by gaming, uh, but it's also for development, for engineering, um, uh, for retail. Uh, it's it's all part of this kind of highly profitable digital economy that we're staring at. I mean, gaming is pretty obvious. Gaming is mm -hmm. virtual reality. You put on a virtual headset like an Oculus and, and uh, perhaps augment that with a handset uh, and then maybe a suit someday, and you become this active character in a three-dimensional world, and your movements are mimicked by the AR technology. Let's say that you're a, an engineer developing a new car part, for example. You could construct the part in virtual reality with data uploaded about the vehicle systems. You can actually see if that part's going to integrate well with the existing powertrain or chassis, now think about retail implications, okay? You want to go clothes shopping. Well, you step into the metaverse, right. put on a, a headset, and you get off to Bloomies to walk in a virtual brick and mortar store where you can actually try on clothing and see how it's going to look um, on you. So the concept isn't all that different from what gamers are experiencing today where they can, like in the world of Warcraft, you can go out and you can buy and sell goods and you retain that as part of your virtual world. Um, and I'll consider the possibilities for um, uh, for real estate. So not, not just for, for um, real estate developers uh, and engineers where they can actually build homes and, and buildings in this virtual reality world and present them. But uh, let's say you're a home buyer or you're a commercial real estate buyer, you can take tours of these buildings, uh, these facilities with a virtual realtor. I mean, the, the, the possibilities are really endless, but to see how it will catch on, that, that's what we don't know yet. Sure. You know, we may be getting a little bit beyond, or I may be getting a little bit beyond what Microsoft has said so far. 
But, you know, in, in, as you describe, you know, what a metaverse could look like, what virtual reality could look like, you know, Microsoft has done a lot of building out of teams over the last couple of years because of the pandemic and the rush to remote work and hybrid workforces. And one of the things that has not yet really appeared is this idea of creating sort of one of these virtual spaces for sort of collaborative work, you know, at, you know, different dis disparate teams in different places coming together in a virtual room, a metaverse room to work together. Or, you know, you've got hybrid workforces where maybe you've got a meeting room where some people are in the office and then some people show up as avatars, but it looks like a real meeting room. And I'm just wondering, you know, if even though Microsoft has said nothing along those lines in terms of this particular deal, um, I do wonder if it's sort of like laying some found, uh, foundation for making some moves like that over the next few years, because you, you do have, as you said, Facebook or Meta, uh, working on this, you know, there's every expectation that Apple's going to come out with some AR VR glasses this year and has talked a lot about this. And I think, you know, Microsoft certainly doesn't want to be caught flat footed. Mm -hmm. And so it could be that, you know, there are some things that they're just not saying right now about what they plan to do with, with the company and, and that they're. Sure. I think you broke up a little. Yeah. Uh, it's basically arguing Oh, Sorry, no, I'm back. I'm here. Are you back? Uh, it's it's basically about uh, reality imitating art. Have you ever seen the movie The Kingsman? Yes. Yeah, great movie. And and in it, they have a board meeting where all the agents sit around a table and nobody's there. It shows the table; it's empty. But then <laughs> the two agents put the glasses on and everybody's right. you know there uh, virtually. Um, yeah, I think Re Ready Player One, another great example, a great book, by the way, read the book if you've only seen the movie, far better. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, but that's the kind of virtual reality world that we could live in. Kind of sad in a lot of ways, because I think people are going to get very comfortable with it. I'm certainly comfortable using, you know, communications channels like, like we're using now to, to talk with you, to have meetings with you, but I would hope we don't lose personal touch reality. Sure. Right. sure. And we have, I was um, going to talk to I mean, we got a comment just here from our director in studio, um, Chris, making the point that um, by, you know, th with this acquisition, it would add value to Microsoft's Game Pass um, because, you know, they'll be able to provide more um, within their monthly subscription service because they'll have ownership over those games. Um, and I think, too, that adds some good so I think that like obviously adds some good context for like why a Microsoft would buy um, would buy Activision Blizzard. I mean, they have the Xbox. And I think too, um, when you when you think about the metaverse just briefly, it's something that like may seem kind of crazy for your like everyday, like let's say a layperson gamer. Like, you know, maybe you've like got a switch or your kids have a console, but like you don't necessarily understand the scope. I mean, it's not uncommon for players to attend virtual concerts in Fortnite or Roblox is another big one. So I think it actually makes the you know tying the metaverse into gaming makes a little bit more sense. I think it makes it feel a little bit more tangible, at least for me personally. But to add on to this discussion, I think a lot of we had a question um, in on YouTube, which is and the viewer was asking, you know, why? Why now? What what is going on in, I guess, you know, it, within Activision, within Microsoft and I guess like sort of within the landscape at large that that gives Microsoft a reason to buy Activision, you know, 
or proposed to buy well, it this week. Right. Well, they're 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 ripe for the buying because after the the controversy, they're they're actually um, being investigated by government agencies. Uh, for example, the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing uh, has alleged that they discriminate against female employees. So they've got they've got some issues right now, and this is an out. Some people have said for Activision and an in, of course, for Microsoft to gain all of this intellectual property. It's a good time to buy them. Their stock. Well, I'm not going to talk about stock prices, but let's just say they aren't as 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 good as they have been. Sure. Um, so it's it's an opportunity to uh, to get away from that controversy for Activision and an opportunity for Microsoft to gain the IP. I was going to say spot on, Lucas, exactly. You know, basically Activision is in a weakened place right now. So it's yeah. a chance for Microsoft to pick them up. You know, again, 68 billion is no is no small change. But yeah. if Activision were a fully healthy company, I bet that price would be higher. You know, the, the, the one sort of big question mark that I think still hangs over the deal, at least technically, is what happens to the CEO at Activision, Bobby yeah. Kotick, uh, once the deal's in place. Microsoft specifically said in its statement that, uh, you know, he would stay on. But literally within hours of this thing being announced, the Wall Street Journal was quoting sources saying that the second the deal is done, he's out. You know, and that goes back to that, that, that company culture and integration that I was talking about earlier. You know, Microsoft might be able to pick up the, the good parts of Activision and gradually, you know, unwind the bad parts or, you know, see the departure of people that might be under investigation and wind up uh, winning here. But that's, you know, that's going to be months down the road before this thing closes. Microsoft's going to have to feel that out because, as you know, uh, no company that, that goes through an acquisition uh, is, is told ahead of time who's going to be cut, but inevitably Cuts are made. Change, cuts changes in the air. Changes yeah. in the air. So they're saying now, oh no, he's going to come over. He's welcome to come over. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I think people are, they're expecting that he's going to be gone along with possibly some other upper management because of this. But they would probably be anyways because they want to install a Microsoft culture. And that's why you cut upper management. A lot of these, there's a lot of overlap. Sure. Uh, with upper management. With so, company like this. To sort of, you know, tie this up in a nice bow as we're wrapping up here, I guess I think a, a lot of critics of this deal um, within, you know, like gamers and like also just, you know, yeah. otherwise are looking at this and they're they might be critical and saying, you know, there's going there's too much consolidation in the gaming industry or there's too much consolidation in, you know, the tech industry at large. So I, I wonder if what. I don't know. It's I guess it's sort of a rhetorical question, and I don't know if there is an answer. But it's like, what what does this sort of mean within the framework of the tech industry, and also I guess sort of like Microsoft's story? Does that make sense? These are, I mean, these are the largest game developers, some of the largest game developers in the world, and yeah, they're consolidating. So I think gaming, being a younger person's sport. Um, they, they've got a, uh, probably a, and rightfully so, um, concern about what may happen. Uh, the freedom to develop games without, you know, corporate big dad watching over you. Um, they want to see young companies, young startups, uh, able to have a foothold in the industry and not being smothered by these these massive corporations that now own so much of the IP and the ability to market them. This just happens with so, in so many industries. So 
I think they're rightfully concerned about this. Um, and as my story pointed out, one of the analysts said as well, that much as well. He said this, he's concerned there's too much consolidation going on with this deal. I do think you see it across a variety of industries, uh, Juliet. It's not just technology. Sure. I mean, we're obviously we're focused on it, so we tend to, you know, see it uh you know right in front of us but i mean it's not unusual for companies to do this and then later on if they do get to be too big that's when the regulators come in and start talking about antitrust issues yeah. breaking them up you know and and i mean we're not at that point here but uh it's the sort of thing that these companies they really want to scoop up the talent uh mm -hmm. you know from other companies and the best way to do that or the quickest way to do that is to buy it Mm -hmm. And then when they get to be so big, then you start getting these, you know, ideas about regulation. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised in a few years if you've only got like three or four gaming companies or maybe just one or two that uh, those issues would almost certainly start to come up. Sure. Think about it if you're a game developer, unless you're you're doing this because of your own ethics, you want to work for a small company and you're concerned uh, that you're going to have freedom to, do, to, to, to develop uh, without a corporate uh, hierarchy over you. Otherwise, they can probably pay a heck of a lot better. So yeah. a lot of these game developers are going to go to the larger companies just naturally. Sure. Great. Can yeah. Yeah. And yeah, scoop up the scoop up the talent, scoop up the IP, scoop up the technology. Um, I mean, obviously, that's why acquisitions happen. So thank you both so much for calling in and chatting. I think this was a really nice overview of the deal. And for all of our viewers, if you're interested in learning a little bit more, adding a little bit more, you know, nuance and perspective, um, Lucas's article is linked in the live chat if you're if you were watching live, but I'll also link it in the description after we're live. So you can check that out. Some interesting perspective from analysts there. So yeah, thank you both again so much. Welcome. And thank you all so much for watching this episode of Today in Tech. If you liked this video, please give it a thumbs up. If you're watching on LinkedIn, you can head over to our YouTube channel, IDG Tech Talk, and you can like the video over there, subscribe, and hit the bell icon so you're notified every single time we post a new video. If you have any outstanding questions or comments about this deal, any, you know, theories, speculation, leave them in the comments below. I am interested to hear them and I will get back to you to the best of my ability, especially if you ask a question. So thanks again for watching and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.